Hello, good morning, friend. In today's episode, I'm gonna take you along kind of what a morning routine looks like for me. Um, today, I actually took an extra long morning routine because I just really kind of needed that space and time. And so I kind of wanted to walk you along what that looks like and also, you know, share some of the scripture that I'm reading in John 14. So maybe you're on the way to work or, you know, you're in your car or you're, you know, going for a morning walk. And hopefully this will just be a chance for you to soak in, you know, some uh, inspiration, some of God's word and just get your day started on the right foot. Hey friend, welcome to Beyond the Booze. I'm your host, Victoria Plummer, daughter of the most high, wife, boy mom, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I know that you are sick of wallowing in shame after another night of binge drinking. I know that you want to quit, but you can't imagine a life without alcohol. My mission is to set you free from the lies, fears, and habits that are keeping you stuck in a toxic relationship with alcohol. In this podcast, you'll learn about spiritual growth, personal development, healthy lifestyle habits, and recovery education so that you can start living a life you love. If you're ready to take your power back, grow in your faith, and live a more purposeful life, you are in the right place. Whip up your favorite mocktail. Let's do this. Hey friend, welcome back. So Today, again, I want to take you through just kind of like what my morning routine looks like um, and just kind of read a little bit of my devotionals um, and a little bit of the scripture that I read this morning just to kind of give you a glimpse of what that might look like for you and just some ideas on how you can start a morning routine because I really think that just starting your day out um, with some like life-giving scriptures or like devotion or positive words that are like God inspired is really such a great way to like get your mind right for the day. Um, I know that starting my day this way, as opposed to not starting my day this way, it just, it makes such a big difference. So, um, today the way I kind of started my day was, um, I actually woke up late and then I had to take my son to school Um, you know, get him ready and all that and take him to his daycare for the day. Um, anyways, and then he started crying as I dropped him off. Like he was like, his eyes like welled up and he hasn't like cried or dropped off in a while. And I was also feeling a little sad today. The weather is kind of gloomy. I've been going through a hard time in my life. Um, so it was like perfect recipe for just like feeling kind of sad this morning. So I woke up, you know feeling a little bit sad, the weather is gloomy, my son's crying. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling like sad. I'm just feeling a little bit sad. That's how I was feeling. So I kind of like decided, okay, I asked myself these two questions and I prompted these actually on my Instagram just to kind of give you these ideas on questions you can ask yourself. Because if you've been, um, you know, binge drinking or, you know, doing these health unhealthy behaviors to cope, you're probably kind of cut off a little bit um, or disconnected from your emotions. So it's a really great practice to start asking yourself, like, how am I feeling today? 
What do I need today? And then giving yourself that. So for me, I was like, how am I feeling today? I'm feeling a little bit sad. What do I need? And I was like, I need like, I need like a, you know, a nice cup of coffee. I need to sit outside. I need some time with God. And so that's what I did. I, you know, got nice and cozy because it's a little cold outside. Got my coffee. I sat outside and I put on some worship music and I just listened to worship music and kind of like drank my coffee and just kind of stared off in the distance for a little while until I was ready to journal. And then, you know, so I'm just sharing this with you so you could do this for yourself if this is something that you, you know, want to try. Um, so yeah, I just kind of journaled how I was feeling, you know, that I was feeling a little bit sad, you know, what happened this morning. And then, um, and then I was ready to start reading, you know, my devotionals. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading those to you because these are really great and I hope they are meaningful to you. So the first devotional I'm reading from is from Jesus Calling. It's by Sarah Young. It's a 365-day devotional. So there's a each day is like has a date and then um, you know, just like an inspiring thought. So The day I'm recording this is March 30th, and it says, I am taking care of you. Trust me at all times. Trust me in all circumstances. Trust me with all your heart. When you are weary and everything seems to be going wrong, you can still utter these four words. I trust you, Jesus. By doing so, you release matters into my control and you fall back into the security of my everlasting arms. Before you arise from your bed in the morning, I have already arranged the events of your day. Every day provides many opportunities for you to learn my ways and grow closer to me. Signs of my presence brighten ever Signs of my presence brighten even the dullest days when you have eyes that really see. Search for me as for hidden treasure. I will be found by you. And the scriptures that, you know, this devotional came from is Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Deuteronomy 33, 27. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemy before you, saying, Destroy him. Jeremiah 29:13-14. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declared the Lord, and bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. So that's from Jesus Calling. Um, After I read that, which was really great for me, just to, which it's actually something that I've kind of like been meditating on a lot, just trusting in God. Um, There's some actually some other scriptures that I'm going to share with you, some scriptures about trusting in the Lord. Um, Hang on one second. So the first verse I wanted to share with you is Romans 15, 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him 
so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, that was Romans 15, 13. And so what I really liked about this verse is what it says to me is, if I trust in the Lord, I will be filled and overflow with peace and joy through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, And I don't know about you, but I would love to be overflowing with joy and peace. Um, And so, yeah, I'm going to read that verse again to see if you can catch what I'm putting down. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, to me, this is saying, if I trust in the Lord, I will be filled with joy and peace by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, And then the next verse I wanted to share is from Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verse 31. This is the New Living Translation. Um, And I really like this one too, because it's also talking about trusting in the Lord. So it says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So anyways, I've really been, you know, meditating on this and, you know, trusting that God is working through what I'm going through and, you know, just believing, you know, the promises he's given me personally. And because I can, I trust that, um, I can have peace even in uncertainty, even when the situation looks uncertain. Um, so I just wanted to share that with you so that you can do that too. trust in God so that you can experience his peace and joy. Um, And like I said, this morning I did wake up feeling sad, and I think that's normal, Um, but I'm not feeling anxious. I'm feeling sad, but I'm not feeling anxious or fearful. Sad's a different emotion. Um, And yeah, so I think that's okay. Um, It's okay to feel sad, um, but it's so good to be reminded of God's truth and, you know, have something positive to meditate on. Um, like trusting in him and trusting that he's taking care of me and he's taking care of you. So the next one I wanted to share, the next devotional I read is, it's called The Language of Letting Go by Melody Beattie. And she's the author of Codependent No More um, and Beyond Codependency. So this is like a codependency recovery kind of book, um, devotional. And, you know, the thing is, I believe Melody Beattie's story, which is very similar to mine, is she also let go of alcohol. And then she discovered that, you know, she had some codependent patterns, which is, again, it's, I've I've mentioned this before, it's a way of functioning in dysfunction. So if you grew up in a dysfunctional household, um, you have these, you may have these codependent um, personality um, patterns that, um, cause some, you know, they're not really great. (laughs) And so anyways, um, I don't, I definitely think that, you know, part of my issue was like 
I would um, kind of try to numb out my emotions with alcohol or with weed or with food. And um, that, you know, that's something that I'm like working on. Um, I mean, I've really worked a lot through, honestly, but I love this book. Anyway, so the point is, you know, a lot of people who do struggle with like binge drinking or struggle with um, overeating or numbing out, you know, in some way like that, nor a lot of times they do have some codependent patterns that they need to uh, heal. So anyways, that's another story for another time. Um, but the first step is definitely letting go of alcohol. So we then we can start working on uh, what's really going on. Um, but anyways, okay. So I'm reading from March 30th in the language of letting go it says experiment experiment try something new try stepping out we have been held back too long we have held ourselves back too long as children many of us were deprived of the right experiment many of us are depriving ourselves of the right to experiment and learn as adults now is the time to experiment it in it is an important part of recovery. Let yourself try things. Let yourself try something new. Yes, you will make mistakes, but from those mistakes, you can learn what your values are. Some things we just won't like. That's good. Then we'll know a little bit more about who we are and what we don't like. Some things we will like. They will work with our values. They will work with who we are. And we will discover something important and life-enriching. There is a quiet time in recovery, a time to stand still and heal, a time to give ourselves a cooling off time. This is a time of introspection and healing. It is an important time. We deal with our issues. There's also, excuse me, there also comes a time when it's equally important to experiment and to begin to test the water. Recovery does not equal abstention from life. Recovery means learning to live and learning to live fully. Recovery means excuse me. <laughs> Recovery means exploration, investigation, and experimentation. Recovery means being done with the rigid, shame-based rules from the past, from the past, and formulating healthy values based on self-love love for others, and living in harmony with this world. Experiment. Try something new. Maybe you won't like it. Maybe you'll make a mistake, but maybe you'll like it, and maybe you'll discover something you love. Today, I will give myself permission to experiment in life. I will stop rigidly holding myself back, and I will jump in when jumping in feels right. God, help me let go of my need to deprive myself of being alive. So I thought this was so good. Um, I've actually really been wanting to go rock climbing lately. And unfortunately, I'm actually like nursing a pulled muscle. Um, so I'm not going to go yet. But that's something I want to do. I, I've, been, I've done rock climbing before. But that's something that, you know, is on my radar right now. Is something I want to experiment with again. And, you know, experience and, and try. So anyways, hopefully that spoke to you as well. Just, you know, getting out there, doing something new. And finally, 
Let's jump into scripture. So again, this is kind of what I do in my morning routine. If I have time, it's it's so nice to have like an hour if you can. Um, but obviously we're not going to have an hour every day. But anyway, so normally I just kind of, I spend some time breathing, just being quiet, listening to music, breathing, and then I'll read my little devotionals and then I go into scripture. So today I wanted to read a little bit from the end of John 13. So it's John 13 verse 36 until John 14 verse 14. All right, so picking up in John 13, verse 36. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay my life down for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay your life down for me? Very truly, I tell you. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. I'm going to pause there because in the next one, we're jumping into chapter 14. But I thought it was so interesting how direct Jesus was. Um, Jesus didn't mince words. Like We know later on in the scripture that Peter does disown Jesus three times before the rooster crows. And so, you know, Peter's saying like, Lord, I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus is like, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And I don't know, this really spoke to me because I feel like sometimes as Christians, we think that we just need to be overly nice um, or overly sugarcoat things and not be direct. Um, Obviously, Jesus isn't being mean. He's being factual. He's being direct. He's saying like, don't say you're going to do something that you're really not going to do, you know? Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just really appreciate that. I appreciate him giving us permission to be direct with people, um, especially if they are saying one thing and doing another. Um, but I digress. Let's move into um, John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe me? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? 
The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, greater things than these. I'm sorry, verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Okay, we're going to stop there. That was the end of John 14, verse 14. Um, I wanted to hop back into that first paragraph where it says, you know, that he's going to prepare a place for us. Um, I just love that part. It just actually just brought back this memory of a girl I had met, you know, a long time ago. Um, and it's actually kind of crazy how we met. I guess I should share a little bit of the story. So she was reaching out on like Craigslist asking for help for her, um, to get like some diapers and like some things she needed. And so actually the boyfriend I was with at the time, um, decided to bring her some things and, you know, brought me with him so that I could be there to, you know, support. I don't know if it was Craigslist or where she was asking for help, but basically it was a woman in need. She had two children. She needed some help. She was living in like, um, one of those weekly motels, like where you could stay by the week or the month. Um, but anyways, so like, you know, we brought her those things and me and her kind of like developed this friendship. And when my grandmother passed, she had like gotten on her feet and, um, she had actually brought me like some gym clothes as like a birthday gift, which is so sweet. And she wrote me this letter and she was comforting me. She was comforting me with this verse that, you know, where she is, you know, I'll be there also. And that, you know, she's, you know, with Jesus in this mansion and that has many rooms and, um, yeah, that basically that I'd see her again and, yeah, so that this verse, um, yeah, this verse is really meaningful because I was really close with my grandmother. We actually had the same name. Um, anyways, so then we move into verse six. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I love this because. So I wanted to share another way to kind of study your scripture. Um, So one of the things you can do is emphasize specific words as you're reading it. So like that's kind of what I did when I was reading this. I was like, I am the way. I am the way. I am the way. I am the way. (laughs) So just it it just kind of emphasizes different the verse in different ways. Um, so Jesus is saying he is the way, right? So I'm going to read a little bit of the commentary on this. It says, this is one of the most basic and important passages in scripture. How can we know the way to God? Only through Jesus. Jesus is the way because he is both God and man. 
By uniting our lives with His, we are united with God. Trust Jesus to take you to the Father, and all the benefits of being God's child will be yours. Um, and then I also love the other scripture because we know, you know, a lot of things, a lot of people in our world right now are saying, like, you know, all paths lead to God. Um, you know, everyone's going to go to heaven and. But scripture is telling us that Jesus is the only way to the Father. And I really liked what the commentary said. It says, Jesus said he is the only way to God the Father. Some people may argue that this way is too narrow. In reality, it is wide enough for the whole world. If the whole world chooses to accept it, instead of worrying about how limiting it sounds to have only one way, we should be saying, thank you, God, for providing a sure way to you. And then the last one, the last scripture I wanted to read about this, or the last commentary says, as the way, Jesus is our path to the Father. As the truth, he is the reality of all God's promises. As the life, he joins his divine life to ours, both now and eternally. Jesus is, in truth, the only living way to the Father. So I really love that. And the last thing I wanted to touch on before I let you go today was where he says, verse 12, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Um, let's see if there's any commentary. Um, okay. It says, um, so on the commentary for verse 12 and 13, Jesus is not saying that his disciples would do more amazing miracles. After all, raising the dead is about as amazing as you can get. Rather, the disciples working in the power of the Holy Spirit would carry the gospel of God's kingdom out of Palestine and into the whole world. When Jesus says we can ask for anything, we must remember that our asking must be in his name. That is, according to God's character and will. God will not grant requests contrary to his nature or his will. And we cannot use his name as a magical formula to fulfill our selfish desires. If we are sincerely following God and seeking to do his will, then our requests will be in line with what he wants. And he will grant them. So, yeah, I just really love that, though, because, um, you know, Jesus was doing some amazing things, and it definitely um, inspired me to, like, see how we can be, you know, living out our purpose shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. You know, Jesus was in the business of uh, setting people free. He was in the business of um, restoring them back to what God, um, you know, does how, who God designed them to be. Um, he was, you know, all about sharing, you know, the good news that, you know, there's a way to God, that there is a God, that there's a way to him and, um, that we can have life through Jesus. Um, and, oh, that was another thing I wanted to talk about was just that, that life, you know, like when Jesus said, I am the truth, the way and the life, I understood like the way, like I knew that Jesus is the path to God. I knew that Jesus, 
you know, was truth. Um, but when it said life, I was like kind of stumped for a second as I was, um, you know, trying to grasp that verse. But I really loved it because I'm sure, you know, like when you met Jesus, when he came into your life, it brought like this whole new like awareness and it kind of like woke you up from the dead. Like you probably have been sleepwalking through your life for a while until Jesus came on the scene um, or until you let Jesus into your life, you know? So I thought that was really cool. But anyways, I'm going to stop it here because we are about to hit 30 minutes and I know you don't want to hear me talking for that long. So (laughs) I hope you have a blessed day. I hope that this um, little Bible study was inspiring for you and just allowed you to get some of God's truth into your spirit this morning or this day, or this evening, whatever you're listening to it. Uh, Remember, we have a Facebook group, so join us over on there to keep the conversation going, and I will catch you in the next episode. Have a great day.